0: Now here's your host, John Frenet, with this week's Local Business Spotlight.
1: Every now and then I get invited into a nice home, and very rarely am I invited for dinner, and I was at this point, but we're here at the dining room table with Leslie and Kirk Shadrick, and they are the founders of a new foundation. I don't know whether it's new, but uh, the Benjamin Mario Shadrick Foundation Um, which I think I can safely say that nobody wishes existed. Um, But I think that the messages that you're bringing are absolutely wonderful and and needed. Let's talk, I mean, the website is called benwashere.net, and that's H-E-R-E. And who is Benjamin Mario Shadrick? Uh,
2: Benjamin Mario Shadrick was our son, and he was born um, in 2018, um, August 13th. And uh he was very much anticipated. We really wanted him and uh he was diagnosed with a genetic condition when he was in utero, which is a devastating condition called trisomy eighteen, which is also called which is also called um Edwards syndrome. And it's a devastating diagnosis because Most children don't survive um, the pregnancy who have that condition. Less uh, survive the pregnancy and are actually born, and much less, less than 1%, actually make it a day. Oh, my gosh. It's a devastating diagnosis.
1: But he did survive the the pregnancy.
2: He did. He absolutely did. And he uh, fought from the very first day. Be, he wanted to be here. He
1: wanted to be here.
2: Yeah.
1: You know the resilience of, of humans and babies and is is amazing. It
3: is amazing. Uh, at,
1: at some point, so
3: yeah.
1: Um, you know the foundation is here, uh, and he he has passed.
2: He um, he actually fought a few um, conditions. I mean, he was diagnosed with an encephalocia, which means that his organs were developing outside of his belly, with a very thin membrane covering them. Okay. And um, we were told that that wouldn't um, that would need surgery once he is born. And uh, But when he was born, most of it had gone in, and the infalacia was actually um, turned into an um, um, umbilical hernia, which is less severe, which sure. meant he didn't need surgery, which would have been great because they would have refused surgery at birth. He was, he was what, three pounds when he was born, mm-hmm. so surgery would, was not an option for him.
1: Well, that sounds like he was uh, fighting from before he even got here. yes which exactly. is fantastic. Oh. Yes. Yeah, the the, as doctor,
3: as well. the surgical team was amazed because they went to assess the anphallocele and we were at Hopkins at the time and uh, he actually it was always already it was always a relationship with Hopkins so uh, we were in and out of there for the for the first three years. And um, when they the surgeon came in and looked at it he said there's no anphallocele here. Uh, go ahead and cut the umbilical cord and we were just like stunned because we had prayed for that. We were more concerned about the too because he also had a heart condition. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, yeah, so he that really
2: holds it in his heart. Yeah,
3: and um, we fought with the hospital. They had refused the surgery because of all the other things that came with him. So, so we prayed and we prayed, and finally, a surgeon from Japan happened to be doing at that hospital. He came and said, "I'll do the surgery." So he took him in, and we, we knew the odds were against Ben, but he survived the heart surgery with no problem. He came through just like it was nothing. He goes, yeah, he's and fine. And that's
2: what extended his life. Yeah,
3: they, he started gaining weight, and he, and he started, mm-hmm. and um, you, there's this... Wait a minute, you're
2: going ahead, because he, um, when he, he was sent home on hospice, that's five right. days oh, after he was that. born, they said, you know, he has these holes in his heart, He has the infaliceal, he has trisomy 18. He had everything against him, and they said that he was going to die and that he would eventually stop breathing. And we were instructed to take him home under hospice care, and if he stopped breathing, to hold him and tell him that we loved him and to let him go. And um, we were at home. And I was holding him, and that's exactly what happened. He just stopped breathing. And then I heard in my mind um, for me, it was the Lord who said, Shake him, give him a shake. And I thought that was weird, but I did it anyways. And I was holding him, and I shook him, and I said, Ben! And he took a deep breath in, and he would like startled him back to life, literally, and it opened his eyes. And I did that. I just held him up on my shoulder for three, four weeks. And every time he stopped breathing, I would startle him. Oh, my word. And bring him back. So he ended up surviving longer than expected. And hospice kept coming to do memorial-type memorials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beat stamps and handprints. And they were always surprised that he was still with us. Not knowing that each time he would have an apnea event, which is what they called it, we'd bring him back. And he ended up surviving seven months. And um, his saturations started to drop steadily. And so we took him to Johns Hopkins and they were shocked that he was still alive. This
1: is the same child.
2: The same child. And it had been seven months and they said he wouldn't last seven days, let alone seven months. And so we um, took him in to the hospital to get you know, admitted.
3: I know. They, the they agreed to admit him. And they agreed to admit him. They put him in the pediatric ICU. They set him up in there. And that's when, when everything came, came to a stop and we yeah. just started fighting him. It's like, just do the surgery. I don't yeah, know why they I were... fighting for
2: a surgery. And they,
3: and then that's when this doctor, yeah. um, I can't remember his name. He ended up going to Chicago. Right after the surgery, he was gone. We never saw him again. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was from Japan and he was considered one of the top mm-hmm. cardiac right. surgeons in the world. How did we pull that guy? It was, again, another miracle. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Ben had... Um, we finally got the surgery and Ben's... Condition improved vastly yes. in, in, with the exception of the of the trake We we got him the trach. because I mean, he we, kept
2: coding. Yeah, he
3: kept going yeah. downhill, and uh, we never. I was just the last piece of the puzzle that we never could. We took him to specialists up in Philadelphia, and they said we don't know why he needs this oxygen. We don't we don't quite know what was going on. I mean, he. We got video he of him. Was he was rough. perfectly a normal-looking little boy. He was happy. He bounced around. We had to watch him a lot because when he, he started to crawl, to he, he would, would dance. He would outrun his fast. trach tube, and then we had to grab him and bring him yeah, back to the ventilator. He was, and he was, yeah, he was
2: um, but, but during on. the time, slow down, honey, because there's still a great story okay. before yeah. that, is when we were at the hospital, after that surgery, he, um, the heart surgery, which saved his life, We were at the hospital for, like, another nine months.
3: Yeah, almost a year.
2: Yeah, 295 days to be exact. And I lived with him in the hospital where we saw, like, amazing, like, a lot of miracles with with Benjamin, a lot of... you know, milestones that he was meeting and he was just doing so well, but he didn't have the trach at the time. He had uh, oxygen being fed through a cannula. Okay. And whenever he would catch a cold or get stuffy, he would code. So they would, you know, the doctors said to us that if we really wanted Ben to be safe, have a safe airway, he needed a trach. Trach, yeah,
3: okay. So
2: we really... It wasn't an easy decision to make but we knew that ben wanted to be here and he was putting so much effort into living and we wanted to make it easier for him not to struggle for every breath so the trach is what became like just a saving grace for ben yeah and 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 a double-edged sword too because every time the trach would get clogged it would have to be cleared. And if it couldn't get cleared, it would have to be replaced. So it's just, you know, it was just something that we had to always keep an eye on. But during that time in the hospital, I remember it was like nine months later. I remember he had, I was changing his diaper because I was, um, I participated in all of his daily activities, like taking care of him because I knew I was going to bring him home. So I knew that I had to be a hundred percent comfortable taking care of him at home, so I made sure I I gave him all his meds, I changed all his diapers, I did everything, and I wanted to prove to the doctors he could come home with me. So then I I was changing his diaper, and I noticed that his belly was distended. It, It just looked like a little balloon. And um, it it was just kind of gnawing on me like something's wrong with him. And his nurse kept saying, oh, it's just gas or it's just a formula, you know, it's causing that. And I was like, no, something's wrong. I need an ultrasound. And they kind of like argued with me a little bit, but I really pressed for an ultrasound. And that very night, they did an ultrasound. And uh, around midnight, I get the results back. And the doctor comes in and tells me that they found two masses on his tiny little liver, and they look cancerous. So they, they did a biopsy. They scheduled a biopsy to confirm if it was cancer. And about maybe three days later, they did the biopsy, and that biopsy almost killed him. He Right after the um, biopsy, they closed him up, and they sent him back to his room and he started to bleed internally and he was getting like filling up like a balloon and he was turning pale white 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 like a like a ghost and I call, I was holding him and I called the doctor to come in and take a look at him and when the doctor came to look at Ben his eyes got wide and like all professionalism went out the door he freaked out and he just ran outside and he just got the whole team and they were all outside of his room trying to figure out what are we going to do like what's wrong with him why is he looking like this and they couldn't figure out why he looked like that and it turned out that he was having internal bleeding, and they didn't know where the blood was coming from. So they took him back in to see what they could find, and they were able to take the um blood out of his body so that he would just shrink back down to size. But within a couple hours, he went right back up to balloon up, and it was terrifying. We thought we were going to lose him. And then they were going to do like this horrific kind of procedure on him where they would take like this ginormous long needle and put it into him to take out the blood. And right when they were about to do that, a a surgeon walked in and he goes, stop. No one touched the boy. And everyone's looking at this surgeon. (laughs) And there, he says, no one touch him. We're just going to let the bleeding happen. And he theorized that if he let the bleeding happen, the bleeding, the blood itself, would clog, would block whatever it is that is pushing out. yeah. Okay, wow. and, um, and then it would kind of like close and heal, and then it would, he would go back to normal. That doctor sat outside of Benjamin's room for like six hours waiting. To see, And all eyes were on Ben. We were just hoping. It was literally just waiting to see what happened. And then, lo and behold, little by little, his color started coming back. He was getting back to his normal size. And it was just like nothing happened. Wow. And everyone was just blown away. Just blown away. And um, the biopsy came back the next day, diagnosing Benjamin with hepatoblastoma and hepatocellular carcinoma two very rare forms of liver cancer and um, two tumors to uh, um, to show for it and his afp levels uh, were the tumor markers in his blood showed that they were elevated the doctor oncologist um, at johns Hopkins, the pediatric oncologist um, came to my room at eight o'clock that morning to give me the news john Mm. and honestly john At that point, Ben had gone through so many traumatic moments where we thought he was going to die. I was literally like, okay, this is just something else that we have to, like, tackle. Okay, he has cancer. And I said, okay, so what's the next step? Because there was always a next step, right, to help Ben get better. And the doctor said, hospice, and he'll be sent home on hospice. Again? which
1: is the same thing I mean I mean this is very I mean it blows my mind I mean I'm why why initially did Hopkins like refuse to the surgery it's just because they figured it was
3: their, their they were playing the, the chance of the statistics su- showed that they, it wasn't going to be successful
2: so why spend the resources yeah. on a child but
3: the, we talked to our insurance company and uh, our insurance uh, representative said we're, we'll you know the Coast Guard will pay for this um, and you uh, know yeah, you just got to talk to somebody at Hopkins to and get them to agree. that like, we we got, we will cover this to oh, get them to do? Yeah, it. yeah. It's, yeah. The moral of
1: this story is that you listen to a mama. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you 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 knew.
3: Yeah. that
1: that Ben could survive this and with the shaking and and just everything else.
2: I just felt it. And a mom does know she feels it. And I want to encourage moms because we tend to look at doctors as all knowing, but you know, they're practicing medicine, you know, and I believe in, in a God who is powerful, all powerful. So in my heart, he was telling me to fight for Ben. And I did. And I, even there was a time, right? Kirk, When I said to Kirk, Kirk, put on your commander white uniform on, and get to that hospital and demand that they give him the surgery. <laughs> and he yeah, the did. he showed up in his, his so, <laughs> in his white.
3: Bring in the authority uh, figure. On well, the figure people in the office they were like, "I'd be walking in because it's, it's usually it's just a a, a, a working a working uniform." He goes, "Why are you wearing that?" And I said, "I got to go to the hospital. I got to let them know. Show
2: some authority. I, I got to
3: show them whose son they have on deck." I, I said, "We'll see." And it I did. Remember. It worked. They were like, oh, "Who is this guy?"
2: Because <laughs> they did. Now, I feel like so we were, just a mom who no. didn't, you know, didn't have the respect of the doctors, but they, at the end, there was a time when the doctors did come to me and, and they said, you know, kudos to you for standing up for Ben, for fighting for him. And yeah. I just want moms to know that they can do that.
1: So we got him home um, with,
3: I mean, and and we're treating, yes. treating him
1: for cancer. Right, we
3: so. we we went through the homeopathic route because there was no other option, yeah. and that was actually the cancer that got him discharged from the hospital because they were going to keep him there indefinitely because um, they didn't think he should have gone home. but the No, cas- no,
2: they were going to send him home on hospice with the cas- Oh, they were? Okay.
3: Yeah. I, 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 there was all, so many conversations, yeah. so, so the, I, I don't um, have them all straight in my head.
2: So, John, this is where the other amazing story is, is where home, yeah. he the, um, the oncologist told us that there was nothing they can do for Ben because chemo would have killed him because he was so tiny. That, that, that's what uh-huh. I'm thinking. I mean, how do you... And radiation would have killed him. And because of the biopsy almost killing him, resection was completely off the table. So they said we can only offer hospice and you know, you know, just be, you know, appreciate that he's he lived a year, which the is the time that you have. Yeah.
1: And, the... and
2: I, I sounded like a crazy mom to him. I said, Michael, no, there is this therapy. I'm going to cure my son. I know of this therapy. And he looked at me like, okay, there's no therapy that's going to cure your son. He has cancer in his liver. And I and so twenty years before John, I was a student at Leslie College in Cambridge. And I used to work at the Harvard Coop, which is like a bookstore in Harvard Square. Mm-hmm. And they have a little cafe there. I used to work in the cafe. One day it was a, a a you know, like a very slow night in the cafe. So I was looking at the magazines in the bookstore and I came across an article about Suzanne Summers, one of my most favorite right, actresses right, right, right. of the three's company. Come and knock on our door. <laughs> yeah, we've been waiting for you. <laughs> Which I love that you said that. Anyways, um, so in the article, it was about how Suzanne Summers cured her breast cancer using natural remedies. And I thought it was the most ridiculous thing I've ever read. I was like, you can't cure cancer with food? That's stupid, you know? But of course, back then, I was a college student, I was a psych student, and I was just always wanting more knowledge, so I began to research it. John, I became obsessed with the topic, but... I didn't have cancer in my orbit at that time. I knew no one with cancer, no friends with friends with cancer. No one in my orbit had cancer, but yet I wanted to know how can you cure cancer with food? So I researched and researched and I came across the Gerson therapy. And I I just followed the Gerson therapy. I went online, I bought their book, I I took their course. I, I just wanted to know. 20 years later, I am face-to-face. All right, 20-plus years later. <laughs> I am face-to-face with one of the top oncologists of Johns Hopkins Pediatric um, Department telling me he can't do anything for my son. He's feeling awful about it. And I say to him. Oh, BS. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm going to my son. And because I was so interested in the topic in my youth, I was able to articulate the protocol like a pro.
1: You know, what's very interesting is literally just last night, I was at Killarney house and I ran into an old friend Mm
3: -hmm. and
1: her father recently had passed away and he had some sort of a a cancerous somewhere in the head. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it manifested in his ear. Mm -hmm. And he was said, I'm not going to do any of the treatment. That was his decision. And he used like a honey, I think she had said. Mm -hmm. And ultimately it it went into remission. It it, mm-hmm. it it was just honey.
2: We're believers, John.
1: And and in the it. end, he got lazy uh-huh. and didn't put it on quite as much as as it was. And ultimately, it it started to regrow. And and I mean, he was it fairly elderly, out. and you know, so it's a combination between age and yes. uh, you know, immune systems, and I guess, Me. and everything else. But yes. it's just you know, it's amazing. There are other options yeah. to do that. And exactly. I mean, you're a, a perfect example of yeah. of what you have now.
3: Yeah. The, the big challenge with anybody going on the, these homeopathic remedies it is... Is stick with them. Yeah. It's like you—you you literally have to give up all the, you know, you can't. You got to give up all the, the food that you were used to. And I went on it for like I—I I had blood pressure issues on and off. Like this goes with the job. So she, I went on it for like a two weeks or something like that. And, and it, my blood up? pressure went. <laughs> Even the doctor said, "I mean, what are you doing? Your blood pressure is like it's the lowest I've ever seen it." And I, I explained to them what was going on. They were like, "Oh, whatever." But you know what? I like hamburgers and stuff. So it's and like I got to go back to eating those. So I'll have to get back on it someday. But uh, it, it definitely I'm, I'm a believer. And when she was telling me about this, this this Gerson therapy, I was like, I've, I've never heard anything about like anything, anything remotely like this. And I uh, but then I started doing my own research. And, and it's certain it's not it's just not all plant based. It's like certain foods do certain things to the body. So like carrots have a a, a an abundance of this particular enzyme that happens to attack or work very well or work very well against cancer in the liver, well, it's the, that toward it's, it's yeah. really and it's this was years of research that was done long before any of us were here. Yeah, so it's, it's been around it, for like a hundred years. Where, the
2: actual right. therapy, Gerson, has yeah. been around for a hundred years, yeah. and the whole premise of it is basically create an alkaline system in your body where cancer cannot survive, and not just cancer, no illness can survive in the yeah. body with this type of
3: nutrition. yeah. It's it's acidic or alkaline, and generally, most human beings. Uh, I don't want to get too far in the weeds in this most. Mm-hmm. Human beings walk around in an acidic condition, so they're prone to diseases. Where if you do certain things in your diet and you promote more of an alkaline uh, balance, you can reverse that You, you, you get you very,
0: very. And, healthy.
2: and we yeah. were surprised to see. We were surprised to see that not only did it cure Ben's cancer, but it reversed his pulmonary hypertension and and his genetic condition. Really? Yeah. And so we. So when the doctor. Uh, You know, after I finished telling him the protocol, his eyes were, like, wide. His mouth was wide open. And he said, okay, what do you need from me? And I said to, his name is Michael, I said, Michael, I need him off of hospice. I need him on palliative care or palliative care, depending on who you're talking to. And and I need you on that team. I need a G-tube. For my son because I'm going to pump a lot of organic juices into him and I need to be discharged ASAP. And he said, okay, you got it. And then I said, wait, I also need an ultrasound every three months because I want to make sure those tumors are shrinking and blood work every month to make sure that the AFP is dropping. And he said, okay, you got it. And he sent us home within a week.
1: And it, and it continued to drop and it continued to shrink.
2: So... As soon as we got home, we got home like, what was it, honey? I think it was like five days before Christmas. It was beautiful.
1: Wonderful Christmas.
2: It was the best Christmas gift. And as soon as we got home, we started on a therapy right away. But before that, in those five days, I did consult with a Gerson therapy practitioner, Dr. Sarah Wild out of Florida. Because I know the therapy well, it's never been done on a baby. Because it requires coffee enemas. I couldn't give Benjamin a coffee enema right? because he's a baby. And so I said, okay, I need to talk to a professional who's going to guide me because I don't think it's ever been done on a baby. The Gerson Institute does not work on children at all. So I contacted this doctor. We did a telemedicine meeting, and she modified it. She said, okay, we can't give him a coffee enema, which is the main component of the therapy. And I said, okay, so what what could we do instead? And she suggested liquid chlorophyll. And I was thinking, of course, liquid chlorophyll does the same thing. Liquid chlorophyll, when we ingest it, it takes away the toxins Tox- from our body. Okay. So the goal was to remove all of those toxins that Benjamin had built up from the multiple surgeries, from the... Um, special formula he was getting from all the medications that were getting pumped into him, they were all overwhelming his liver, and we needed to get them out to to heal him. Right. And as soon as we got home, we started on the therapy right away. We had his protocol that Dr. Sarah Wild um, laid out for us, and three months later was his first ultrasound. We get a call from the doctor after the results, and they said that. Mm, There's a little change in the tumors, but they wouldn't say they were smaller. They said, oh, the texts are different, so, you know, sometimes there are shadows, but there's a shift in the tumors, but I'm like, are you saying they're smaller? And she's like, we're not sure. I said, okay, it's working. We'll
1: take
3: take it.
2: (laughs) So we kept going, and every month a nurse would come, and she would take his blood, and his AFP number was dropping every single time. And then... The second ultrasound six months later happened. The doctor said, "Yeah, they're shrinking."
1: That's awesome.
2: And it was the third ultrasound where we got the he's cancer-free report.
1: That's fantastic. Yeah. So I, I mean, at that point, then he's you know he's he's home. He's cancer-free. He's you know the the trait issue is
2: is we're reversing. His um, respiratory therapy, yeah, taking away his meds. At this point, we're working with um, CHOP, the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Um, They know their stuff when it comes to pulmonary hypertension in children. They were like, why is he on these meds? He doesn't need these. And they were pulling him off, and they didn't understand, they didn't know the therapy we were doing, but what they noticed was, he was on this uh, exorbitant amount of meds that weren't helping him, and they were excessive And so they saw that it was just too many meds that he was on, so they started to wean him off of the meds and off the ventilator. Um, Kirk and I went through this uh, parent training with the Institute for the Achievement of Human Potential, and it's an institute that believes that you can reverse brain injury in a child, and they believe that any genetic condition in a child is actually a brain injury that can be reversed. Oh. So we were trained under them on how to reverse his brain injury and we were doing all the exercises that they trained us to do. Interesting. And he went from laying flat on the floor to getting up on his belly on his um on his uh, elbows and to starting to crawl.
1: That's awesome. And I mean, yeah. you no, know, so when did Benjamin pass away? Mm-hmm. And that was in 21
3: he passed away, and um, it was just before his third birthday. It was June. Yeah. We lost him.
2: Yeah, 21. Yeah. But uh, the accident happened before that. His cheek got clogged, and um, his daddy
3: called uh, I called 911. 9-1-1. I performed CPR. I couldn't clear the blockage. Yeah. And uh, it was like he was there. He was happy one minute, and then he just crashed. His life
1: and his death really impassioned you to, to start the Benjamin yeah. Mario Shadrach Foundation
3: yeah um, so ben- I mean that has
1: to do with your belief in yeah. in Christ and yeah. as well as yes. the, the homeopathic medicine and the, the the ways that alternate ways to to treat something that obviously the hospitals the so-called experts you know when he was born said well there's no no sense in doing surgery, and in, in essence. I'm sure they had a better bedside manner than that. Some and, did.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some. Were, some were of them were not so. I was like, uh, not this one, not this doctor. You,
1: you know that, that is, you know, and I hate to even think it, but you know, this it's not not worth this, which is ridiculous.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. There. But he overcame.
1: So you, you've you got this foundation that started in yeah. memory and in honor mm-hmm. of your son Yeah. to promote, you know, sort of holistic healing.
2: Yeah. Well.
1: In children. That's,
3: that's one, com- one, one facet of it. Yeah. yeah. Well,
2: one thing, because we wanted to give people hope. Because, John, we shared this journey with a lot of people, especially with other moms and dads who had children with the same condi- condition as Ben. And it's kind of like sharing an alternative cure for cancer is kind of like a lot like sharing the gospel. Like people will either find hope in it or get really angry and not want to know anything about it. And that's actually been...
3: We've had friends that completely (laughs) shunned us because of this homeopathic thing. And they they would rather just go through the... To the yeah. chemo, and, and I don't judge anybody don't for going for sure. at any of that. I understand it's it, but we just, our point is they're all alternatives. There's alternatives
2: because there are kiddos who are sent home with no option, like Ben. Chemo was not an option, radiation not an option, resection not an option, and this was an option for Ben. It was hope. So, through our website and our foundation, we want to share that information with parents who were faced with the same message. There's nothing we can do, take your child home to die. And we, we want to share this good news with these families. That,
1: that there is. Yeah, and, and, that there you know, is. I, I'm sure it, it probably does not work with. Everyone one hundred percent, or anything. Nor it does work nor with does tra- cancer. Nor does traditional medicine. But then, right. right?
2: No traditional. Yes, it's all you don't know. Uh, we always say that the biggest ingredient in the therapy is faith.
3: Yeah. One thing I'll say about it, the medical system in the United States. I don't want to get too far into <laughs> it. It's the best place in the world if you, for uh, catastrophic injury repair or, or something yeah, like that. But yeah. for uh, chronic yeah. care. This is the last place, and all you want to be. It's just that a lot of countries outside looking in will say, "You know, why didn't you? Why aren't you doing this?" I mean, it's like. I, I don't want to state things for facts because I, I don't know for certain, but I, I'm fairly certain that India, it's all, when it comes to chronic care, it's all homeopathic. Mm-hmm. And in Mexico, they, they're open to uh Well, that's where homeo- the clinic is. It's where the, cli- the, the in, Gerson the Clinic The Gerson Clinic is in yeah, Mexico. They're open to it down there. Uh, Leslie went down there and cured her aunt of arthritis. She couldn't even get out of bed. She had rheumatoid. She
2: couldn't get out of bed. And
3: it was, it was excruciating for her because all she was doing was drinking these plant-based juices and diets. She hated it. But she at only the end, it
2: lasted a week. It only lasted
3: a week, but, but she was, was able wa- to walk. she was walking at the right. end of that week, and she credits Leslie for doing that for her. But she, but she said, "I just can't keep e- e- drinking this stuff. It's around. just too much of work. Because it it does it does have a, a, a an adverse effect on the body. You, you you do feel it for the first week. You, you just you do not you do not feel yourself. And uh, well,
1: I think any kind of a change in regimen, I maybe. Mean, yeah. I mean, just in the very simplest. You know the terms. I mean, if you go onto a diet, I mean, you feel like crud that first week until you get into it. It yeah. Doesn't matter whether it's keto or mm-hmm. paleo or whatever it is. Um, but you you mentioned your yeah. website, and that is benwashere.net. dot net. Yes, and that's it's a beautiful website because
2: yeah, yeah. you.
1: I, I mean, it Ben was here. We don't ever want to forget that. No,
2: we don't. And
1: um, and he and he, and he still is in certain aspects of. You know, the nonprofit, the foundation that you have done is supporting, you know, many different missions. Mm-hmm. Um I know that uh one of them was an orphanage and a Christian institute, both down in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, also helping, you know, parents get the information that they need to give them the hope and the encouragement that there is another op- option out there. Yeah. That, you know, certainly for a child is uh, you, you have to. You have to look at all of your options.
2: Yes, all of them.
1: That's that's for sure. Well, one of the things that you guys are doing, and as we just talked for the last few minutes here, you are hosting at Maryland Hall an event on November 18th called Movers and Shakers. Yes. And that has a lot of resonance with your story from Shaking Ben. Mm. Um,
3: Interesting way of looking at it. Yes, yeah, yes. To
1: having... Ben lay flat on his tummy mm-hmm. to begin to start to move.
3: move
1: and uh and then obviously you know you've got the more you know business sense
3: of that but movers and shakers
2: and he loved to dance and uh-huh. loved to
3: dance we had a little bouncy um mm-hmm. What, the little bouncer, right? Thing, and yeah. he, well, he'd he'd be at that all day, and we'd play his favorite uh, songs. And one of them was the Elmo Slide, uh-huh. and well, <laughs> I, 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 probably, I I have that song ingrained in my head. He watched it ever like any other kid. They get a they get a song, and they just want to play it. And that was his song, and then well, then they told us. At the Institute says, no, 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 no more bouncy I slide for him out. because it's, he it's, has to be it's, it's training and bad habits. He's not. He's got to learn to crawl before he's not going to walk in the bouncer. So we had to take the bouncer away. And we were saying, well, maybe just one hour. Of the day." Oh, you've got Atlanta. horrible parents. Yeah, no, no, not even <laughs> one hour a day. They said they finally relented. and said, OK, a few minutes a day, but he should be on his stomach constantly.
2: And also, um, the tie-in, because we're partnered with Marilyn Hall for Movers and Shakers. Mm -hmm. So um, I think it was very appropriate for us to be partnered with Marilyn Hall because art was such an important part of Ben's therapy. He had art every single day. So um, it just ties in beautifully with the dancing and the art. And I love that you mentioned that shake, because that's what really saved his life. Well, that but. saved
1: his life the first time. Well, what is the event going to be all about?
2: Okay, so when I think of movers and shakers, I think of uh, people who get things done. So they are entrepreneurs or philanthropists, business owners, our political leaders, you know, people who see a need and meet the need. And we here at Anne Arundel County, we have a lot of movers and shakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, movers and shakers is like a Dancing with the Stars competition, And we selected some of our local celebrities um, to dance, and they will um, dance a Spanish-style dance. And uh, they have been partnered with a professional dance studio, like Arthur Murray Dance Studio in Edgewater, the Ballet Theater of Annapolis, and Dance in Time. Um, they were partnered with instructors with those um, um, schools and they learn a Spanish style dance and they're going to compete on stage uh, at Maryland Hall on November 18th. How do
1: you pick the winner? Do we have Spanish dance instructors <laughs> to pick them out or is it audience?
2: Well, we have judges. I have a list because um, we have actually like six confirmed judges. Carl Snowden. Okay. Um, Wonderful Dr- guy. Dr. Carol Cisco. Uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, she is the managing partner of Cisco Associates.
1: Right, right. I know Carol, and I, I know Carol from the Maritime Museum, and she was yeah, in my leadership Maritime class, too Museum.
2: For, oh, she was in your class?
1: She was in the class for a period, and then there was some work stuff that came up, so she dropped uh, out, but she, she came the next to year. She was in leadership.
2: Okay, great. Uh, Dr. Dawn Lindsay, the president yeah. of Anne Arundel Community College. Um, Gavin Buckley, our mayor mm-hmm. of Annapolis, will be a judge. Roxana Rodriguez, who's the owner of Cayete sure. Grove. I see her tonight. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're gonna see her. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Sarah Elfrith, yeah. um, the senator, and uh, they're gonna be judging our confirmed dancers, which mm-hmm. are Chanel Compton, executive okay. director of the Banagher Douglas Museum. Sure. Fred Campbell, mm-hmm. managing partner of Simpson Campbell. Laura Gutierrez, City of Annapolis Community Service Manager. Mary Spencer, the President of Community Foundations of Anne Arundel County. Ryan Sneddon, the founder of Naptown Scoop. Mm-hmm. And uh, Stuart Pittman, Anne Arundel County Executive. Those are our dancers.
1: That's awesome.
2: I know. Isn't that amazing? It's a really That's good awesome. lineup. So
1: they'll all be, uh, all be dancing there. Yeah. Actually, actually, I'd like to see Stuart and Gavin be the
2: dancers. I would love <laughs>
1: Yes. <laughs> Bring in a little bit of Westmore and, you know, we'll call it a...
2: Right. We were actually hoping that Westmore's wife would right. um, be a dancer, Dawn. Uh, she's so beautiful and we would have loved to see her dance. But maybe she'll be inspired for another time. Uh,
1: I, I, know, I know that they're fans of Maryland Hall. I know yeah. they they're, they've been there quite a bit.
2: Yeah, some, but in they're, in they're so busy. Here. First yeah. year in the office. But it's such a great event. And it's it's actually meant to raise money for Maryland Hall and the Benjamin Mario Shadrick Foundation. Okay. So we partnered in this event, and we're splitting the proceeds. And um, it's to help with, of course, the Maryland Hall goal is to bring art for all. For
1: everybody, sure.
2: Mm-hmm. And our goal is to build a self-sustainable orphanage in Cuernavaca, Mexico, because we want to... Um, There is a huge need for safe homes for children in Mexico. The amount of homeless children is increasing day by day. Mm-hmm. And the orphanages there right now are saturated. And I think the story of how we came to ha- decide to build an orphanage is like a whole other podcast. Okay. Um, but, we'll have um, to come back for yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> it's just amazing. Um, But we wanted to honor Benjamin in a very meaningful way, in a way that would um, provide for children for generations, well after we're gone. We have Benjamin's ashes in an urn that when you bury it, a tree grows out of it. And my personal goal as his mom, um, because I'm not going to be on this earth forever, and I want a safe place for his ashes. And I know that if, when we build this orphanage, we're going to bury his urn in that center courtyard, and a tree is going to grow out of that. And he's going to provide shade for children for generations and generations and generations.
1: That's beautiful. Yeah. What what is the? I mean, and we are audio only, obviously, but what is the connection to the Hispanic Latino? Are you from Mexico?
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's got extensive family down there. I met all of them. Okay, when, I, when it took me a while, but I think <laughs> I got to the entire family, and uh, <laughs> so they they're they're. A lot of people down there and and they're supporting us and and that's kind of how this this thing got off the ground this
2: is how actually building this orphanage is very possible because we have so many um people in mexico who are professional lawyers politicians landowners business owners architect Architects. we
3: have an architect that's totally oh. bought on to our uh, bought on, uh
2: he's designing the orphanage yeah Pro bono. Yeah,
3: so that's fantastic.
2: It's gonna protect us from you know the the uh, Mexican.
1: We'll say the the, the the bad the bad, the bad guys are whatever they are. Oh, right, <laughs> right, so right.
2: Mexico. So yes, my family is from Mexico. My mom is originally from Mexico, okay. and my father's from Cuba. And okay. their story is a whole other podcast. <laughs> okay, so
1: so we've
3: we've got two podcasts to come back. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> back back here for Leslie. His
3: her father was a political prisoner under Castro uh, regime, and like I said, it's a it's another like she said it's another podcast. Oh my word!
1: Yeah. Well, this is November eighteenth. Where do we get tickets, and how do I mean? We can get tickets at org.
2: Yes. They're okay. on sale right now.
1: November 18th, and that's midweek, I think, isn't it?
2: Um, that's actually a Saturday.
1: Is it a Saturday night?
2: Yeah. Awesome. It's going to be red carpet. Okay. So um, come dressed to impress. Think of like a movie premiere.
1: Okay. And,
2: uh, you know, our guests are going to walk the red carpet. It's like get the, get the film festival. Exactly. Yes. The film festival was just glamorous like that
1: fantastic how else can we support the benjamin mario shadrick foundation uh we can go to attend this that's a real easy one that's a fun night that's uh you know and and i i hope during this night that you're going to get a moment uh to tell ben's story because that that's a story that i mean we, we we need to know why we're here and it's a story that needs to be told that um you know, I mean, if nothing else, it's a story of hope. It's a story of, you know, parents' love, uh, persistence and strength. And, uh, you know, on, on your part, on Kirk's part, and certainly on Ben's part, you know, to fight for everything. Uh, right. And, you know, you fought for every step of the way from, yeah. you know, before he was born.
2: Yeah. And it was worth it, John, because every time they kept saying that Ben was going to die... I kept begging, like, I would pray and pray and pray for more time. I would say, just, I want to get to know, um, I want to get to know him, his personality. And I got to know his personality. And I just, I really, we worked very hard for those moments with Ben and Ben did not suffer while he was alive. And I really want people to know that because I know there are people who think that it's compassionate to let the baby go and not fight, Mm -hmm. um, But Benjamin was very happy. He smiled all the time. He danced. He had friends, his four buddies that would come almost every day to play. And and um, I would teach art to them here at the home. They'd come swimming in the pool in the backyard with him. He had a wonderful life. We got to take him to the zoo. Honey, remember, we Mm -hmm. took him to the zoo, and he got to see animals.
1: But It's so funny. As I was walking down your hallway, you were showing me the photographs of Ben. (laughs) And, I mean, the... The young man didn't want for anything. I mean, he was, you know, bouncing. He was in the pool. He was had the friends. I mean, this is, you know, as short as it was, this is a uh, a young man that lived his life to the fullest.
2: He lived, he lived his life and his life had purpose.
1: And that's something that we all could probably aspire to, you know, live our life to the fullest, to fight, to be strong.
2: Knowing that we all have purpose.
1: And to leave a legacy like that, I mean, I think that, yeah. that that's a beautiful tribute to be able to have a fast forward 100 years from now, a tree in the center of a courtyard uh, in providing shel- providing yeah. providing shelter and shade, and yeah. uh, you know, entertainment. I mean, there's going to be kids that can you know run around, they can climb it, they can yeah. you know, it's
2: story times under the tree. <laughs>
1: What a fantastic! I, cool. I mean, a fantastic story on one hand, and, and just a really uh, a tragic one on on the other one. And I think that everybody should go take a look at BenWasHere.net. dot net. You've got several you know several photographs up there of Ben. And do you go by Ben or Benjamin? Ben. Oh,
2: we love
1: both.
3: Both. Both go back and <laughs> it's forth. It's just on such
2: that.
3: a wonderful name. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, and. So- um, cool. Just, just to say a couple things uh, about the foundation, we are a five hundred one three C. three. register with the, our, our, uh, our IRS, and we are registered with Maryland. Um, any any donations that you want to give to the foundation are certainly tax deductible.
1: Can we can donate you, right on on the website? You can yes, donate you can. on the website. And, um, yeah. yeah, and again, that's BenWasHere dot net.
2: Yes, and we are. Um, Waiting on some sponsors to uh, for the event. Movers we have and a few. Yeah, we have some uh, movers and shaker sponsors. naptown Scoop is one. Caliente Grill, mm-hmm. um, the Ballet Theater, Arthur Marie Dance Studio, Dance Time, and um, Bay Ridge Wine and Spirits gave right. us that wink. Okay. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, we are. We would love. <sighs> for me, it would be wonderful for our community to build this orphanage. I don't want it just to be us or the foundation or just a small group. I would love for it to be our Annapolis coming together to build this orphanage.
1: One thing I will say that Annapolis is a very giving giving. community.
2: Very giving, Um,
1: yes. When the S hits the fan, Annapolis will come together. together. You look at... You know, when they had the shooting in the Capitol, you look at when they had the shooting this this June down, um, you know, down here where those uh, three people were killed. You look at uh, 20 years ago from when we're recording this, when uh, Hurricane Isabel or Tropical Storm Isabel had rolled into town. We're a resilient town. We're a fighting town, uh, as was Ben, And we do come together for one another and we do stick up. And that's, uh, you know, and I I think we're probably going to do do really well by the Benjamin Mario Shadrick Foundation on the um, 18th.
2: Yeah. And I mean, people have, our community has been amazing here because we have yard sales every Saturday here Mm -hmm. at our home every Saturday and our neighbors from all over come and drop off things that they don't need or want. And we put it out on Saturday and we have a yard sale and a hundred percent of what we raise at the yard sale goes towards it.
1: It goes into the foundation bank account. That's awesome.
2: Yeah. It's wonderful. And it doesn't stay in the bank account long. Yeah. It goes right out to, we, we just put it to work. Yeah. <laughs> we don't, it That's, doesn't do anything in the bank account.
1: Well, I've got a bunch of stuff, so I'm going to have to keep that. Oh, on, I love Satu- that. Yes. Saturdays. So we,
2: Saturdays. Um, we'll take it. On Our Saturday. last yard sale is the last Saturday of October.
1: Very cool. Well, I want to thank you guys for sharing your story. Um, as I said at the beginning, I wish we didn't have to share this story. Yeah, and yeah. Um, what you're doing in the memory of your son is. Is amazing. And uh, you're certainly well on your way to making sure that everybody remembers that Ben uh, was indeed here. Again, I would say benwashere.net is the website. The date you want to remember is November 18th at Maryland Hall. You can get your tickets right now at Marylandhall.org for movers and shakers. And, uh, you know, it's worth the price of admission to watch Pittman dance, okay? It
2: is. I would pay anything. <laughs>
1: I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to sit there as as I sit there and I look at your list of things there. I mean, uh, you know, Pittman's going to be the entertaining one of the dancers there. That's for sure. I
2: think so. <laughs> I think so. Um, it's going to be a great show. Yeah, it
1: it, it certainly will. But uh, Kirk and Leslie, thank you so much for your time tonight. You know, I you. I, I feel like you know, I like like I know Ben, and I you know, I my heart breaks for you, but it also. rejoices for you in a a way and in some sort of a weird way but thank you so much i encourage again everybody ben was net, and we'll see you all on november 18th if not at a yard sale on the on a saturday some saturday (laughs) wonderful
2: that would be great thank you so much john thank you
0: thanks for listening to this week's local business spotlight please make sure to visit net for all your local news events and opinion